Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To those of you who I've never met, my name is Talit, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at this amazing church. And uh, we want you to know that you are welcome here. We are glad that you are here. Shout out to everybody who who drove through a flash flood to get here this morning. That touches me. Thank you so much for using your windshield wipers and coming on through. We appreciate that. Um, Shout out to you guys. Shout out to everybody that was with uh, my wife and I yesterday. We were a part of the homegoing service of Alderwoman Shakita Hart. Burns yesterday, a pillar of this community and somebody who meant um, a great deal to us personally and to this church collectively. So thank you for everybody that came out and volunteered their time to help us uh, celebrate the life and legacy of Alderwoman Shakita Hart Burns. Yo, shout out to, to Jonathan and Breezy. They fresh off their honeymoon. Huh? Yeah. Marriage is looking good on yes. It's looking good on yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we're starting a new series at our church today. And um, this is going to be part one of a four-part series that we are calling It Is Written. It Is Written. A deep dive on the authority of Scripture in the life of a believer. Um, I didn't ask Alan to come up. The Lord put something for him to say, and I got out the way. But a part of what this series is about is discontentment with our reverence for this thing. It's called a Bible. Um, It's infallible, meaning that it won't fail and that it has, it contains no mistakes or no errors. But funny thing happens when we get saved. As the days go on, we we stop leaning on this. Sometimes we stop trusting in this. Sometimes we lose faith in this. And it's a part of how we end up in a place of discontentment. I don't know if you know this, but prophetic words are keys to a new season. So you have to listen with attentive ears to what the spirit of the Lord is trying to tell you. And the truth of the matter is, it's very easy to put distance between us and the word of God, whether we want to admit it or not. It's it's true. You can answer this question silently. When was the last time that you opened this up? That was not a Sunday morning. You can answer this next question silently as well. How many times this week did you open this this up? It's okay. It's easy. Way more easier than we like to admit for us to put distance between us and the word 
of God. As a matter of fact, if you didn't know, that's what this is called. The word of God. You know, the God that you and I said that we love, we surrender to. He has said some things. And he wants us to know what he said. And he wants us to take what he said and use it to apply to our lives. And so we're going to be talking about the authority of Scripture because it's powerful. Your Bible is powerful. It contains power. You should know that, and you should never, ever lose sight of that. We should always, listen, believer, Christian, we should always be attempting to close the gap between him and us. None of us will do it perfectly, but there should be a perpetual, excuse me, a perpetual attempt to get closer to him. Theologian C.S. Lewis says it like this, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. But when you aim at earth, you get neither. If you were to just take an assessment of your energy over, not, not, the, not the energy they be talking about, but the energy, physical energy, <laughs> the mental energy, the emotional energy that goes into your days, how much of it is aiming at heaven? How much of it is just aiming at earth? How much of your mental capacity is on earthly things versus the amount of time and capacity that you give to the things of heaven? I think a lot of us are probably failing in that area, which is why the Lord impressed upon us to have this discussion this month. And it's my desire that you really lean into this conversation that we're about to have because this Bible of ours is powerful and meaningful and necessary for the journey that God has us on. And again, it doesn't matter if you've been saved two days or two decades. You need this conversation. Some of us, it's a, an opening conversation. For some of us, it's a good reminder of what we truly need in our lives. We need to spend less time leaning on the words of people. We need more time leaning on the word of God. And so, where a lot of us find ourselves is in the need of a bit of a, a renovation. Our houses may look good on the outside, looks pretty, we look saved, we talk saved. But internally, how, how solid is our foundation? Because a pretty house with a bad foundation will crumble. 
All it takes is one storm. One diagnosis. One pink slip. One text message. For a storm to rock your world. And only those with a firm foundation built on the word of God will stand. That's why we have to have this conversation. Because our houses need what we're calling this message is a divine renovation. We need the words spoken to men by the spirit of God to fix us up. Because we are broken. We can't help it. We were born that way. The Bible says that we were born shaped in, in, in sin and iniquity. We came here broken. And when we said the prayer and confessed our devotion to the Lord, we didn't instantly get fixed. It's an ongoing process. It's a process that's called sanctification. And it goes on day after day. But whether or not the renovation takes hold has to do with our relationship with the word of God. I'm going to start this conversation in the book of John. In the first chapter. Because there's something important right there, right in the first verse that you need to know and cling to. In the beginning, the word already existed. Did you know that? He wasn't talking about this. <laughs> but that word, word, is our King Jesus. He has many names. Wonderful Counselor, the Messiah. But one of his names is also the Word. That's how important this is. It's him. So when it's just sitting there in your drawer collecting dust, sitting on your shelf collecting dust, you're doing it to him because he is the word. I said, he is the word. I need your value of this to go up a little bit more than what it has been thus far. He called himself the word. And he existed before there was a watch or a calendar. He's been there, the word, since the beginning. Let's keep reading. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. This ain't just a book. It says the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. The word gave life to everything that was created. 
there's some areas of your life that are currently lifeless because you haven't given it the word of God. And this life brought light to everyone. You just heard this through the word of God. This next verse, the light shines in the darkness. God had Alan come up here and prophesy about being light and darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. It can't be put out. Let's jump down really quickly to verse 14. So the word became human. This is more evidence that the word is God. The word is Jesus and made his home among us. John is trying to get you to understand something. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus uses these words of his to renovate our lives and make us go from a place of brokenness to a place of wholeness and beauty and splendor so that we become that light in darkness so that people can see us and see evidence of his work in us. People shouldn't see you and you look like a mirror to their darkness. When they see you, they should see a light, not a reflection. And how do we become that light? We fall in love with the word. Point number one, the Bible is alive. Your Bible is alive. Why? So that it can give you life. Just think, just, just think just for a second. That part of your life <clears throat> that's currently keeping you up at night. That part of your life that's bringing you anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and pain. When was the last time you gave that area of your life some life. Maybe that's why it continues to reverberate negatively in your life the way that it does. Because you haven't given it life. John 6 and 63 says the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Say spirit and life. It's two for the price of one. The very words I have spoken to you will give you spirit and life. Now you see that word spirit and your mind may be concocting some things as to what he meant 
But I need you to know that that word spirit, the original language, that word is called pneuma. And you translate that word pneuma and it means breath. When you open this up and then you read and then you, 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 you let it get into your heart, it's putting breath into those dead situations. Some of you all are giving yourself health complications because you won't put breath into your situation. And now your blood pressure's up. Now here come the headaches. Here comes the pain in your joints because your stress levels are so high because they don't have enough breath. He wants you to put some pneuma on that. Before you call your prayer partner because prayer is powerful. Before you pay $2,023 for a word of the Lord in 2023 to profit such and such, maybe you should get some pneuma. Maybe you should let his word breathe on that situation first. Maybe he's got something to say about it that's more powerful than your pastor can say about it. Do you trust it? Do you believe it to be true? It's breath and life. Hebrews 4 and 12 says it like this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Another two for one deal. It's alive and powerful. Meaning that it can distribute both life and power to you if you let it. This is in here, in this Bible of yours that you keep walking by every day. That you keep dropping down further and further on your priority list. It's alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. This is the part you don't want to hear. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You're going to open this up and find yourself. You're going to find areas that you need to surrender still. You're going to find habits that you need to be set free from still. You're going to find a standard that you need to ascend to still. Maybe that's why you don't open it. Because you're comfortable in your current state. There's that word of the Lord again. 
But when you open it, you find there's more that God has for you. Maybe that's why it needs to stop being closed in your bedroom. How do you have time for everything but his word? Jesus called this daily bread. Some of you are starving. And malnutrition for the journey that God has for you. So how do we, how do we, how do we shift gears? How do we change course? How do we get to this alive and powerful word? How do we get to the place of uh, of allowing the pneuma, the breath of God to be breathed on us um, um, through this word. I, I think the first thing that we have to understand is that faith activates the word. Because sometimes we're intimidated by this Bible of ours. I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, the first thing that's required is faith. Because if you open this book without faith, it will be just words on a page. But when you open this book up with faith saying, even though I may not understand everything that's in here, I believe I have faith that everything that's in here is true. Everything that's in here is from God. And I'm going to keep opening it by faith, because my faith is what activates, turns on, where the light switch flips. Faith is what activates this word to go from just a book to pneuma, breath. Hebrews 4 and 2 says, for this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But here's the difference. What, what the writer of Hebrews is saying, we got the same message that they got. But here's the difference. It did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So two groups of people got the same message, but only the group that had faith in the message got the power of the message therein. So you can come in here week after week and get nothing. Because it takes faith to activate this word. It takes faith for the light to come on that's in this word. And if you come in here with your doubts, if you come in here with your limited thinking, if you come in here with your predisposed endings to how this story is going to go, you won't get the same message that the person next to you got. The difference between the two, say it with me, faith. You need to have faith in the word of God. The word, word in the Bible has two different original words. So sometimes you see the word word and it means logos in the original language. 
which means the written word of God. But in order to move from faith to the next level of not just reading it to read it, but reading it to gain from it, you have to have revelation. Because faith activates the word, but revelation activates faith. I'm going to say it again. Faith activates the word, but where does that faith come from? It comes from revelation. The second type of word that you see for the word word is rhema. And that word means revealed, the revealed word of God. How does that work? Well, remember the mother of Jesus, her name was Mary. And if we take a look at, at, at one version of her story that's in the book of Luke, you'll see that she went from Logos to Rhema in an instant through an encounter that she had with an angel. So in Luke 1 and 34, it says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen, right? Because here this angel come saying, yo, you about to be Jesus' mama. And she like, bro, come on, man. I'm like, I'm never, I'm, you know, I, I'm a virgin. That math don't math. And so she's like, how in the world do you propose that such a thing would happen to me? The angel replied, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she was convinced a son excuse me, she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, you need to know this one. For the word of God will never fail. Something switched when she heard that from the angel. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. How did she move from Logos to Rhema? It was an internal encounter to where she got the revelation of what was being said to her. At first glance, all she heard was, you are about to be pregnant. She's like, ain't no way. That's scientifically impossible. But then it the story was expanded. She was, it was revealed to her how this was going to happen. The angel took time to explain further how this would happen. And it caused her to have faith. How does this happen to us? When we encounter the word of God, we need to ask him to reveal to us what he is trying to say to us. Oftentimes, we just open up the Bible because Pastor, he, you know, he made a whole series, a sermon series about, let me, let me read this Bible, my goodness. And then you just go from one verse to the next, and you say, well, I did it. Got my chapter in, got my verse in. Look at me, Lord. But you didn't even ask him. You didn't even invite him in. You didn't even consult with him about what he said. So all you did was read some words. 
that were written, Logos, and you exit it with no rhema, no revelation, no clue what he meant by that. Sometimes we try to borrow rhema. We done heard so many sermons. We done watch so many YouTube clips. And we think we got this figured out because of what pastor, preacher, evangelist, such and such said. But what if that revelation wasn't for you? <laughs> what if there was a customized revelation with your name on it? How would you ever know how that word applied to you? Some words are general and applicable to the entire body. But sometimes you can read a verse seven times and on that eighth time, a light goes off. Rhema. But you'll never know it if you never invite him in to the journey. So you have to go from your faith activating the word. Then you have to move from revelation activating your faith. But then what activates revelation? Meditation activates revelation. Now, some of you get scared when you hear the word meditation because that word has been co-opted to mean a bunch of crazy things. The problem is it was in the Bible first. <laughs> you can't just, you, we can't just ignore words that's in the Bible because of what the world did to a word that was a biblical word before it was anything else. John, Joshua 1 and 8, this is where you find it. Study this book, this one. Study this book of instruction continually. Here it is. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure. So you will be sure. This is how you become sure in your ability to, med to, to uh, apply the word and, and listen and adhere to the word. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So this is a requirement for prosperity. Yeah. This, this word of God and your ability to meditate on it and make it a part of who you are is a prerequisite for prosperity. I don't care how much anointed cloths and water you buy. Meditation on the word of God is a pre, you don't even qualify for prosperity apart from this. Appreciate your donation. And giving is a part of the journey. But you don't qualify for heaven's prosperity to be on your life if you're not opening this. That's how powerful this is. When are we going to get back to our reverence for this? This word of God. Meditation is tricky because, again, we've heard it so many times the wrong way. Um, meditation is like when a, ch when a cow chews on its cud. To meditate on God's word, 
It's like when, when them cows, they get that grass and they chew it up. This is what they do. They chew it, they chew it, they chew it, and then they swallow it. And then they be like, Ooh. and they throw it back up into their mouth. And they chew it some more. And they extract more nutrients out of it that they, getting, that they did not get the first time. So they chew it, they chew it, and then they swallow it again. And then they... They throw it back up in their mouth again, third time. And they chew it. They get even more nutrients out of it. And chew it. And chew it. It goes back down again. They get all that they can. Every ounce of nutrient, even if it looks crazy to somebody else. It, it, it sounds crazy to throw your food up and chew it again. Who wants to sign up for that? It's crazy. But the cow sees it as vital for sustaining life. That they don't even care what you think. Our problem is we care too much what people think. And so that's why our calendars are so filled with everything but time in this word. We got hair appointments, nail appointments, favorite TV show appointments, FaceTime appointments with people who don't really care about us. Trying to keep up appearances trying to keep relationships with people who don't even really need to be in our life, trying to make sure our Facebook page looks lit. We got time for everything but his word because we care what people think. We got to get to a place where we don't care. You reading your Bible again? You praying again? You going... Didn't y'all have service already? <laughs> you listening to another message? Who really takes notes? Like, why are you writing that down? Some of you won't take a note because somebody might look at you crazy. Been here 12 months, ain't took 12 notes. Love to talk about what the church ain't doing. Y'all want me to go to my next point? Okay. Here's the truth. We just we we are in need of a divine renovation. We gotta admit that. And we need his word to change us. Here's the first thing that we have to understand. Let's Let's look at Matthew 7 and 24, and I, I'm going to give it to you, and it'll be on the screen in the message version. Message is not a translation, it's a paraphrase. But sometimes it paraphrases this thing that really hits the message home for us. So in Matthew 7, 24, it says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. So he's saying like, this is not like getting new appliances. This is not like 
putting new paint on the walls. That can come and go. That can be switched out. That's no big deal. He's saying that you need to understand that the word, this is the words that he's speaking are the foundation of your house. And if your foundation is faulty, your entire house is faulty. That's how important it says these words you should build your life on. These words you should build your life on. How can you build your life on something you're unfamiliar with? You can't. You're building a house every day that you wake up. Your house is being constructed. The problem is it's not being constructed on top of the word of God. That's your entire problem. It's the answer. It's the remedy. It's the solution. To whatever that problem, fill in the blank. It's your house is not built on the word of God. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. So when them storms of life hit, you'll be able to weather those storms when you have the word of God as your foundation. How do we do that? Number one, I must accept its authority. You have to. You have to accept that this word of God is an authority in your life. Just like the law of the land in the natural sense, there are laws that we have to abide by or we go into jail. That's called authority. And we adhere to it, no problem, no questions asked. Ain't nobody trying to go to jail. But keep that same energy when you're trying to keep yourself out of hell. This is the authority that should be applied to your life and you should revere it in such a way. Let me find out what the law is, not in the religious sense, but in the sense of reverence and respect. And I, I believe that this is the authority over my life. First Thessalonians 2 and 13 said, this is why we constantly thank God, because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a human message, but as it truly is. The word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. So, I can give you instruction on this word of God. I can give you background context and deeper understanding about this word of God. But if you don't receive it, it does not go to work in your life. It's just words. But if you open your heart and your mind and your life to receive this word, it begins to work effectively. Not just work any kind of way, 
but it works with such precision that it knows exactly what areas in your spiritual house need the most work, and it starts working effectively. What does that mean, effectively? It works in such a way that that repair will never need to be repaired again. Effectively. Some of us have been struggling with the same struggles because we haven't used the word to work effectively. Say effectively. That word received is translated decamai, to receive or grant access to a visitor. It requires an intentionality. It requires an openness. It requires the ability to literally open a door and say, come on in. That's the heart posture that we have to have every time we open this. We're saying, hey, come on in. Come on in. Give me that pneuma. Give me that breath. Give me that life. Give me that power. Come on in. We can't open it like, oh, man, let me, let me, let me just see. Where should I, uh, this one. Okay. Oh, oh, this, oh, praise God. That, what's that? You trying to be spiritual when it ain't, you know, I know the, I know the Lord going to bless you. Let me go, uh, you gambling. You playing Russian roulette with the Bible. Because you opening it with no intentionality. That's not welcoming. That's a waste of energy. God can use it. Maybe you'll land on something that you need that day. But is that how you want to apply or or, or is that how you want to endeavor in your renovation? Like if you hired a contractor to come and do some work on your house, would you want him to kind of close his eyes and be like, uh, I think I'm going to use my hammer right here. That would be dumb. But that's how you approach your renovation. You just hope you land on the right page. Let's put a little more intentionality on this journey. Let's, uh, as the great psalmist Baby would say, put some respect on his name. R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Let's put some respect on his name. So first I have to accept its authority. Number two, I must assimilate its truths. What does that mean? That means I have to take what's in here and to the best of my ability, try to live it out. Try to make it a part of who I am. Try to make it a part of my days. Try to make it a part of my routines. We'll never get there perfectly. But again, there has to be an attempt. There has to be some energy put into, y'all scared of that word. Yeah, there has to be some energy put into trying to take the word of God and walk it out. How do we do that? Well, the, the, the first way that you can position yourself to do that is by listening to God's word, by listening to God's word. Maybe we should stop making church attendance optional. Look at that silence. 
Man, listen, when I, when I grew up, I, listen, I knew what Sunday was. I don't know how y'all be negotiating with y'all kids. <laughs> like, like there was not a conversation to be had. Get your up, put your on, eat these grits, and get in the car. Like, like I didn't, I, my brain didn't even say, hey, maybe you should say you don't want to go. Like, how do you, <laughs> do you feel like it? I know you had a long day yesterday. We're going to go to church. Would you like to come with us? Like, I don't like that. That sounds like a foreign language to me. <laughs> like, there was no negotiation. And there should be no negotiation with you, even personally. I'll go to church if the weather's good. I'll go to church if there's not a game on. I'll go to church if I have to serve today. And if I don't have to serve today, I'll stay home. I'll go to church today if I wake up in perfect health. I'll go to church today if I get exactly eight hours and 15 minutes of sleep. I'll go to church today if I don't have to go grocery shopping. I'll go to church today if I don't have to go to work on Monday. I'll go to church today if I can't stream the service. We got all these caveats as to whether or not we will position ourselves to be in the place to hear the word. I'm not anti-technology. I'm very for technology. But there's something about the house of the living God. Come on, come on. There's something about being around a community of believers that's way different than you sitting at Bedside Baptist every Sunday in your pajamas Barely listening. You got the service on, on the TV, but you on Facebook on your phone commenting on what everybody doing. So you're not listening. So you're not receiving. So your life's not changing. Because your house isn't built on the word of God because you're negotiating with whether or not you should be in the position of the house of the Lord to hear what the Lord is communicating through whoever is up here communicating. This is not about me. I'm nobody. I just happen to be the one with the mic today. But you have a responsibility to your own life to always position yourself to be able to hear the word of God. Nobody's going to be up here by accident. Who's ever up here was placed here and has the ability to give you something from the word of God that could transform your life. So why are you negotiating your attendance? Why does everything have to align perfectly for you to show up? David's up there, he shouldn't even be here. 
with his hard head itself. He just got a whole new knee like 10 days ago. But he has a different level of reverence for the house of the Lord. So I, I got my cane, I got limp, I got my wife help. We, we gonna be there. Some of y'all wake up with one sneeze. Oh, I'm out. Can't do it. I need some Zyrtec. One sneeze. When are we going to position ourselves to listen? Romans 10 to 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Luke 8 and 18. So pay attention to how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. TikTok ain't enough. Hmm. Instagram clips ain't enough to deepen your theology. You need the house of the Lord. You need to be in a community of believers trying to run the same race. Those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So some of you are saying, I just, I just don't, well, you need more hearing. Because those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So the more you position yourself to hear, the more understanding gets sent your way. But for those, of, those who are not listening, even what they think they understand, excuse me, will be taken away from them. What, what this verse is communicating is that we should constantly be in the presence of the Lord. Like you can have a good season, a good run, and then you start falling away. And what the end of that verse is saying is that the more you stay away, the more understanding you lose. Even if you once had it, it starts getting deleted from your account. Where is our reverence? Where is our hunger and our thirst for him? Where is that desire and that longing? You need all those things to fuel you to get here, to fuel you to open up this word. Because without it, you'll just start your drift in the wrong direction. So when I'm trying to assimilate these truths into my life, first, I have to listen to the word of God. Second, by reading God's word. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus told them, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus is saying this you need for life. You need this for your life. You ain't skipped no meal in the natural. So why do you keep skipping spiritual meals? 
because you don't realize that you need it for your spiritual life to be strengthened. The same way you're going to physically feel weak if you keep skipping physical meals. You are going to end up spiritually weak if you keep skipping spiritual meals. And the devil going to keep going upside your head because you have no spiritual strength because you have not given yourself any spiritual food. Number one, get a paper Bible. A physical Bible. We don't forgot how powerfully important physical Bibles are. The, the scriptures will always be on the screen. We're not going to stop putting it up there. But that's for people who ain't never been here before. Can I just give you the strategy? Like, why don't, like, how come, like, where, where did the Bibles go? On our phones, right? There's nothing, I, I use the phone, I, I got apps, we were listening to a Bible app on, on, on the way here. That technology is fine, guys. But, but you got to understand that there's, there's a reason to have a physical Bible. I mean, even science says you retain more with physical books. It's something about when you hold a book like this and you see how much you got left that your brain responds to. It starts to listen a little more intently because it recognizes that you're getting toward the end of the content. I mean, it's science. I think it's also a legacy play. Like, I remember seeing my parents read their Bibles. And it's not like they, they, they sat me down and, and went through a three-point. No, I just saw it. And I knew that meant something to them. You need a Bible. You can have your app. Cool. Keep it. Use it. But you need a Bible, a paper. Like, you need to be like the, the saints who say, paper Bible saved. It's something about turning and finding the book. Oh, that book is after that book. Oh, that book is before. Oh, that's old. Oh, that's new. Okay. It's something about that muscle being developed through the pages of a Bible. And like I said, I think it's a legacy play. Transparently speaking. So I'm let you into my world a little bit. So God talks to me up here. So 75% of my message is here and 25% is there. And so I often all week, I'm rehearsing the message over and over. I, like I see myself on the stage. I know what I'm saying over and over and over again. So I'm driving here this morning. I'll just be a little transparent to, to make a point. And um, I'm rehearsing the, 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 the message while we're driving in this flash flood <laughs> to church. And, and I remembered... Um, this Bible that my parents got me when I was a kid that I still have to this day. And, um, and I remember my dad giving me this Bible and their name was in it from them to me. And I just started, I just started, I just started, I just started crying in the car. Because ten, 10 days ago marked 10 years that my dad went home to be with the Lord. But I still have that Bible. From when I was a little kid, let me tell you something, man. Um, I was not a model citizen. 
there was nothing about that kid that said preacher. So it ain't like they was like, they saw the preacher in me and they was, no, 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 no. They were trying to establish a legacy of building a life on the word of God. To this crazy son of theirs. And I don't remember the event, but I know it was a event. I don't know if it was a birthday, I don't know if it was Christmas, I don't know if it was a graduation, but let me tell you something, I wasn't necessarily thrilled about the gift being a Bible. But however, comma, I still have that Bible. I ain't got none of the game systems, I ain't got none of the bikes, I ain't got none of the Hot Wheels or the G.I. Joes, but I have that Bible to this day. Legacy. Do you have a Bible? Do your kids have a Bible? Do they see you reading your Bible? Are you establishing a legacy of a house built on the word of God and the importance thereof? They ain't got to get it in that moment. I didn't. (laughs) But it's something. Remember we talked about earlier, what activates the word faith. Sometimes you just got to hand it to them in faith. That at the precise moment that thing needs to get activated in their life, they'll know what it took. That Bible has been with me all literally around the world. And there was times where I was crying on that Bible because I knew I was nowhere near I was supposed to be. And I knew to grab that Bible and just say, Lord, help. Because of the legacy that was cultivated in me. All about a Bible. My parents ain't had no theology degree. My parents weren't preachers. Sometimes we don't talk to our kids or we don't open the Bible in front of our kids because we think we got to have a whole sermon prepared. We got to know everything in here. Let me, let me, uh, you know, um, Jesus wept. Um, that's all I got, son. Good. You open the Bible with him. Jesus cried because he was not only 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he felt the things we felt. So it's okay for you to have tears, son, because he had tears. Done. Stop trying to let the devil talk you out of what God is trying to talk you into. He said your life should be built on this. And your kids are in your life. But we don't have any paper Bibles anymore. So they don't see. They see you on your phone, but they see you on your phone when you're on Facebook. So there is no differentiation in their brains. Here's my two favorite Bibles, just in case you need some recommendation. These are the two Bibles that I'm usually in. One is my favorite uh, over here, Tony Evans Study Bible. And this is the NLT um, Study Bible as well. These are my two favorite Bibles. They make the word of God um, come alive. They have lots of notes and pictures and graphs and uh, extra information that you can apply to your Bible study time. So number one, get a paper Bible. Number two, set aside time. Make time for the word of God. Put an alarm in your phone. If you have, a, if you have an iPhone, I don't know what Androids do, but if you have an iPhone, you can have more than one alarm. You can have an alarm for this, alarm for that. So what if you put an alarm in there for Bible study time and you were intentional about it? Like you made time for God. Ain't that crazy? 
Maybe I should make some time for God. Yeah, maybe you should. That, that could be a good idea. Number three, have a plan. Again, don't just flip it open and say, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, stop. Have a plan. A lot of Bibles have plans in the back. You can go Google a Bible study plan, a one-year plan. This is July. It's 31 days. You can say, you know what? I'm going to read a proverb a day because there's 31 proverbs. Just do something with intentionality and get rid of all the randomness from your Bible reading time. Last one that's really important. Don't just read the Bible, but let the Bible read you. (laughs) Find yourself in the words that you're reading. Like, don't just read scriptures and be like, ooh, you know what? Let me send this to such and such because they need this. No, you need it. He talking to you. Don't just read the Bible, but let the Bible read you. So again, after you accept this authority, after you assimilate it to your life, you have to then start exploring the word of God. Say explore. Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You got to go on an expedition in the word of God and file it away. Because at some point you're going to need to pull on it. But if you don't go through the word of God with the, the heart of an explorer looking for its truths, looking for the treasures, looking for the gold in there so that you can have it hidden in your heart, you end up on a battlefield with the devil taking shots you don't have to take. If you had that word hidden, hidden in your heart, because the word, if you think about the, 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 the armor of God, the word is the shield. It's a defensive measure that you can use when you are under attack if you know what's in there. Explore the word of God. Next is I must apply the principles. This is my last point. I know you're tired of hearing about the Bible. So it's not good enough for me to just um, accept this authority. It's not good enough for me to just try to put it into how I live. But I have to, lastly, apply the principles. So when I read something, even the stuff that I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, I have to apply the principles. Like, I can't just, like, discard it without attempting to apply it. Like, sometimes we just say that's too hard. That standard is too high. But the real power and the transformation occurs when we decide that I'm going to make this applicable to my life. I'm going to position myself to love the word of God so much that I'm at least going to try. Like even if I trip and fall. One thing that I'm not going to do is let that third strike go by without me swinging. I'm going to try to apply this Bible to my life. Like, do you know how much God will honor your attempt and meet you at your attempt? But the fact that you won't even attempt doesn't even give him a place to meet you at. 
Because you're just standing there with the Kanye shrug. God wants you to have something of his. He left this for you so that you didn't have to walk through this earth clueless, wondering, hey, what should I do about this? How should I live? How should I respond? How should I communicate? He left you a gift. Did you know that this was a gift? His son is back on the throne. But his word endures forever. We need to get back to the word of God. Because everything that you're trying to figure out, it was written. Every, every question mark that still needs an answer, it was written. Every stronghold that still has its handle on you, it was written. Every obstacle that you're trying to figure out how to get around, it was, it was written. And it was written for your good. It was written to provide you the help that he already knew you would need. So do yourself a favor and allow yourself to go through a divine renovation by getting back to the word of God. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.